Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. It's so nice to be with all of you um, today. You know, typically the sales meeting, I hang out here uh, with Barb, with Brian Benstock, and 
And Brian typically uh, brings us inside of Paragon Honda, Paragon Acura, the Saturday sales meeting. And Brian wasn't able to join this morning. So it's just me. I got me. And then I think Barbara's going to bounce back in here. But, you know, I happened to be in a room this week and uh, they were talking a little bit about legends. And so it got me thinking that, uh, well, I'll say a couple things. Um, I don't know if, if you've ever thought about this, everybody, but if you've ever thought about the fact that when you go to a wedding, um, somebody's somebody's sounds like they're on life support. Um, there's a beep on a live mic. But that was your uh, espresso machine. <laughs> that was not mine. So I promise you it's not mine. This 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 boy doesn't drink uh caffeine um i only do decaf coffee my friend but anyways you don't want me on caffeine i don't know if you've ever noticed that when you go to weddings there's actually two kinds of weddings that we typically attend there are weddings where we feel like a participant and there's weddings where we feel like an observer have you ever noticed that so sometimes you'll go to a wedding or some other big event and you just feel like you're a witness. You're literally bearing witness to something that's going on. We just wanted you to show up. We needed somebody to have proof that this event happened. And so that's kind of your role. You show up you and you sit there and you observe what's going on. But there's those other events where you feel like a participant. You feel like you're part of the event. They, they actually oftentimes do that intentionally. It's by design. They do that because they want you to not just feel like you showed up, but to feel like you were part of something that was so important to them, whatever that moment may have been. Maybe it was a, a wedding or some other event. Well, I bring that up because the title of the room is Reverse Engineering Legends. And the reason why that's relevant to me is in, and it's a really good example when we listen to Barb, when Barb shares these really extraordinary real life moments, these experiences, and you heard people literally get choked up. You heard people get um, so connected to what Barb was saying. And, and those, the, whoever those people were, I know Maria was one, Nicole was one, um, they, you literally were a participant in this room, in that hour with Barb. You weren't merely passive and as an observer. Well, you know, it's interesting. We oftentimes will look at legends uh, that we know of, legends that we, that people that we feel are legends, either past or present. And we think of them in the, in the, in the different way. We think of them from an observing uh, kind of an approach, observational approach. Okay, we see them, we bear witness to them, we admire them, we're astonished by their existence or how they handled something. But I don't know how many times we think about taking that participatory approach. What do I mean by that? Well, what if you could actually look at a legend, think of a legend right now, and could you possibly think of yourself in a participatory way. In other words, could you think of yourself as hanging with that legend? I'm not even saying being that legend, but can you imagine hanging out day in and day out with that person? And if you did, having the opportunity then 
to reverse engineer that person? How did they become who they are? And, you know, I was mentioning to Brian Benstock, I got the opportunity to uh, interview Brian on my podcast yesterday, which I believe will come out next Thursday. And I really wanted to do that. I had purposely waited to interview. Um, I'd never interviewed anybody in the car business, uh, despite spending 40 years in the car business. And I wanted Brian to be the first, uh, you know, because I've had the opportunity to spend a lot of time with Brian and really get to know him from the inside out. And he really is an extraordinary person in many ways. You may agree with him. You may not agree with him, but it doesn't take away from the fact that the guy is living an extraordinary life. Well, you know, one of the things that, that I mentioned to Brian is one of my favorite documentaries is Becoming Warren Buffett. And first of all, I love the doc itself because it really takes you back to where it all started when he was like four or five, six years old. And you really come to understand why he is the man he is today. Guy's never wavered. He's completely consistent with who he was back then. And he's today leveraging the lessons he learned back then that were most valuable to him. But even more than that, or just as much as that, I love the title of that documentary, Becoming Warren Buffett. And imagine becoming whoever you were, becoming, how did you get where you are? And it got you got there by a series of thoughts, lessons, experiences, and actions have brought you to exactly the place where you are right now. If you're struggling, if you're succeeding, if you're trying to figure it out, um, or if you're just existing, you are the byproduct of your dominant thoughts, your actions, and the experiences and the lessons that you've learned over the course of your life. And somehow, some way, that has been intentional. Even if it was unintentionally intentional, you are here by design, whether you thought about it or not. So this is a really important subject, reverse engineering legends. And I've, I'll start out with just the term reverse engineering. Um, it's oftentimes used with respect to intellectual property, um, technology, things of that nature, where somebody perhaps will create something that somebody else finds interesting, but they think they could do it better, um, or they want to replicate it. And so what they'll do, you take software code, for example, and if you had a piece of software or an app on your phone, and you said, man, I'd love to make that app myself. You, if you could start out by seeing that code and provided that you or the person, of course, you, you hired could read that code, you could then reverse engineer. If you had the code, you could replicate it. But what if you didn't even have the code? Well, you could reverse engineer it. And in other words, you can dissect it. You can deconstruct it. And by doing that, you could typically find out enough, discover enough, that would allow you to move forward and replicate it. That's what today is all about. You know, what we listened to with Barb while she was here is giving us, she gave us some insight that allowed us, allowed any one of us 
if we were facing a similar circumstance, like this event that she chose to do, that I'm sure at some point was unnerving, was uncomfortable, uh, maybe even was frightening to some level. It was frightening. But she did. <laughs> it, had, it, had, it had to be. It had to be physically frightening. It had to be um, socially perhaps, perhaps frightening. It, it had to be internally frightening because, you know, you sp we spent all of our so much time trying to build ourselves up, trying to become you know, strong, trying to prove that we are who we believe that we are. And when we put ourselves in a position like that, it's like, oh, do I really want to test? Do I really want to not only test that in front of a bunch of people? Man, that's not easy. Oh, brave, it's brave, not brave. easy, but it's definitely, that's where we, like, we fill our cup. You know, when we get a little uncomfortable, we feel the, feel, we get on the stages or we uh, pick up the phone and call that prospect or we ask the girl out on the date or the boy out on the date, whatever. And we do the things that could result in the less favorable outcome. And we feel that fear of not getting the outcome that we would, we desire, but we do it anyway. And it's very, it, you know, it's empowering. I, I think that you learn that you survive, even when the outcome isn't what you wanted, you do say, well, I survived, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. And you know what I would say, Barb, I was sharing with a group of people I don't know, a month or so ago in that particular coaching class is, is that I was trying to teach them to look at failure a different way. You know, we always think in terms of success or failure, good or bad. And, and we, ta we were taught this in our youth. You know, if you think about it, there's so many things that we, we leverage or we bought into as kids that we're still buying into in our 30s and our 40s and our 50s, and we're doing it without questioning. So just for an example, why does it have to be good or bad? Why is it not good or different, right? So, and why is it not, you know, when it comes to uh, trying something new, oh man, what if I fail? What if you don't? Why is it success or failure? I think it's actually success or a different kind of success because I you think just it's said a win. It. It's a win or a learn. That's how I yes, look at it. Yes, it's a win and or you learn. You can also learn what you don't like to successful? do. Yes. Mm -hmm. The most successful, the most extraordinary people out there are constantly learning. In, in order to be legendary, one of the things that you'll find with legendary people is they have this humility about them. And is it's it's extraordinary. You'd think that they were these, oftentimes these big, arrogant, unapproachable people. But in most every case, I didn't say every case, but in most every case, uh, and I'm not talking about people that were wildly successful. They could be arrogant still. I'm talking about legends. I'm not talking about people that had a great sporting event. I'm talking about legends. Legends typically have humility and humility always drive you to learn. So think about the connection there to what Barb just said, success to hey, learn. That's what I was teaching David, people. can I ask you a follow-up question? Yes, you may, of course. 
Hey, David, this is Ramon. Good morning. How are you? Hey, Ramon. Good morning. Good morning. I just want to ask you a follow-up question. I'm doing great, man. I'm blessed. You're doing some volunteer work in my church, but I wanted to take a break and ask you and, and Barbara a question about this aspect of learn or lesson. Are there not some times where the lesson learned can be on the index of quote-unquote failure? Dave Ramsey says in his team he loves to learn, but he doesn't. But he only likes non-fatal errors, not fatal errors. Can you talk about that? And maybe I'm wrong. I have a lot to learn. But I think sometimes can't people quote-unquote fail to the point where they lost billions or millions or they had a car wreck or they caused somebody to die or – you know what I mean? Can that be to the degree of failure or is everything just, well, I learned a lesson if you get what I'm asking. Yeah. You know what? I don't, I, you know, I'm not somebody who typically waxes uh, religious um, here. I am a spiritual person. I'm, I'm not really an organized religion person. Um, but you know, the, if you are a spiritual person or a religious person, if you believe in a higher power, then in most of those uh, higher powers would say that literally if somebody did everything wrong in their life, but they're laying on their deathbed and they ask for forgiveness, they're good. Um, and I think that's analogous a little bit because if you think about it, what is a fatal error? I mean, Dave Ramsey throws something out there that sounds uh, interesting. You know, it certainly sounds uh I don't know, uh, controversial perhaps to some people, but at the end of the day, can anybody name a fatal error of any well, kind? Well, I think what he was that saying- actually, what, That actually, go ahead, say that. You know, I just think what he was saying, like a fatal error is somebody gets in the car, drives drunk and uh, kills somebody. I think that is mm. an example that Ramon has, was alluding to, right, Ramon? Well, Yes, or yeah. losing a lot of money, like an investor who's like, well, okay, let that me. See, that's that's where I was going, Barb. I, okay, yeah, but under, let me. I, under, I understand me the fatal, the fatal, fatal. But yeah, many people will say a fatal error is you did something that cost you your job. You did something that cost you to lose thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions mm -hmm. of dollars or billions of dollars. But it's only fatal if you don't learn the lesson, because the lesson allows you to come back bigger, stronger. Don't you think, Barb? Here's where I always go in that space because I think everybody deserves redemption. And in Thank the you. space of the only emancipation from suffering is to help others. When you have made what you might label and in, in, in the space of a fatal error, you can take that to serve and teach others. If you just mire in the muck of the bad of the decision that didn't bring you the correct outcomes or a bad decision that created a, a catastrophe without using it to serve others as lessons for hum humanity, I think that is where you will mire in the muck of that fatal decision. But when you, uh, you emancipate yourself from that suffering, when you use that experience to help and serve others. So Ramon, whether you want it to be catastrophic and life ending and, you know, career ending is again, I believe in the jurisdiction of the person having that human experience. And I think along, Thank the, you, line, along the lines with what Barb is saying, I think that it's all about the lens and the length, the lens and the length of time, right? So Ramon, in an experience, what you're talking about, it could definitely be fatal in the moment, 
right? It could definitely be fatal in the moment. But if we Feel back fatal. up, if it, yeah, but if we back up and we look at the, you know, we look at the lens, we look at the trickle effect of that particular event, and you take the lens, and maybe the lens is you go three generations down, or maybe the lens is, you know, that we go, we go 20 years forward or a hundred years forward or 200 years. The, 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 the time is irrelevant. Time is a construct of man. And so even in a situation where fatal, I get drunk, I, I, I slam into somebody, I kill that person, right? In the instant, that is a fatal mistake. If we pull it out and we look along the lines of, well, then I went to jail and then I found God and then I started to teach and educate other people in the jail. And then some of those people didn't spend their rest of their lives in jail. And ultimately, they made it. We made a generational impact in their lives. You see what I'm saying? Like once you add the lens and you add time, I am of the same belief as Barb. When we use those situations to help others, it takes what could be considered a fatal mistake and ultimately turns it into a learning lesson that could impact the future in a positive way. Hey, Glenn, I appreciate that. Let me add, if I can add, David, if you don't mind, Grace, 10 more seconds of may I add a response to that, and then I'll uh, listen Please. more. Is that okay? Yeah, I just yes, wanted to sir. say, I think I agree with you all now, and I appreciate that, Glenn and Barbara and David. I guess maybe I, I'm around some more people who flippantly, oh, this, this didn't work, whatever, so ha, 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 we'll move on. I guess that's maybe from my experience of too many people who lackadaisically, oh, I failed the SAT, ooh, I got an F today, let's just move on, and they keep doing it and doing it. So I think we're in agreement. If you don't learn the lesson, that's all I meant. Somebody hearing it and just flippantly, this is my fourth startup, had to fire another 10,000 people, let's just keep learning, ha, ha, ha. You get what I mean, so, but not the lens you're talking about. So I was wrong, I, how I kind of said it, but I just, sometimes I hear people yeah, using I get what you're saying, right? like, as a crutch. Yeah, if, if people aren't learning the lesson, right, and they just continue to make the same mistake, over and over and over again, how that could be uh, detrimental to the overall opportunity for them to be successful. Yes, aligned so, Ramon and degree. So, and thank you, Glenn and Barb for, for uh, jumping in because I, I, I could not agree with you more. Um, and I, now I would just wrap that up, that thought by saying it's so interesting that in almost every case, you know, it's us that are playing judge and jury. Right. And um, and we choose oftentimes you'll hear people will will assess that fatal error upon themselves. And it's 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 so interesting because I think it speaks to where we are in terms of our mindset. You know, some people will look at that and immediately to Glenn's point, say, OK, I am going to seek redemption redemption. I'm going to create a path towards redemption. I'm going to live my life in a way that I make this right, and I make this right for others, I help others, but I also make it right for myself. There's other people that will condemn themselves for all time for something that many of us may say, really, that, that's, that's what you condemned yourself for? And in the moment, you know, as Barb said, we have jurisdiction authority over ourselves, so it's our, completely our right to do that. But it's a shame, um, it's sad when people do that and they lock themselves into that type of a, not a physical jail, but into a mental jail, you know, or, or in, into a place where they, they put a stake in the ground, forever locking themselves into that place and not able to move forward. And I'm gonna use that as a jumping off point 
for this reverse engineering of legends. And, you know, when you think of legends, um, you probably may think of legends that are in the business world, like maybe an Elon uh, Musk, or you may think of people in entertainment like Oprah. You may think of people in sports like Magic Johnson or Muhammad Ali, perhaps Michael Jordan, you know, legendary status. You hear a lot. You know, I never heard growing up uh, the term GOAT. Uh, that's something that seemed to have come about in the last 20 years or so, greatest of all time. But people that are legends, they have, they have certain characteristics about them that are uh, constant and, and consistent throughout these people. And so I wanted to throw a few of them out there. I love the conversation we're having, and, and I want to invite people to jump in, but I, I'll hopefully I can get through a number of these. So, you know, first and foremost, let's understand this. A legend does not mean that they're famous. There are people in our lives, for some of us, that we know that most other people would never know that are legendary by virtue of how they lived their life. You know, Nicole's father is legendary, right? Barbara Majeski in my brain is legendary. Listen to the life that this person is leading. Listen to the decisions they're making that she has made, the choices she has made, the fortitude she's had during the course of her life, during especially extraordinary tough times. And one of the consistent things that you'll find with legends, you cannot become a legend without facing some type of adversity, failure, rejections, or obstacles. It's not going to happen. How do you have the opportunity to live an extraordinary life if you don't succeed in extraordinary circumstances, if you don't win in extraordinary circumstances? So one of the things you'll find in common with the, is they will actually seek those things out. They don't fear failure. And the, the reality is it's because they've learned the lesson that the other side of success is a lesson, as Barb said. It's not failure. It's not terminal. It's not fatal, as we oftentimes feel like it is. Oh, I don't want to call that customer, that person. What if they don't say yes to what I want to sell them? Is that fatal? It's not fatal. That's something that we put into our own brain, right? Something that we constructed within our own mind. But if they don't say yes, what can I learn from that experience that I could put forward and put into the next person? Grant Cardone was in the room a little bit earlier. That dude, I promise you, has failed more times, probably 10x or more. He talks about 10x. 10x your calls, 10x your effort, 10x this, 10x that. We got a 10x your your opportunity to fail, because through that you become smarter, stronger, more resilient. Every legend owns that. What other things that are part of legend? Hey, listeners! If you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. 
Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Discomfort is their friend. Most of people, we grow up, and even some parents will say, hey, just go get a job where you could live a comfortable life. You know, some people will say, hey, are you comfortable? Oh, yes, I'm very comfortable right now. Well, aren't we comfortable when we're sitting on a couch? We're comfortable when we're stagnant or static. But the whole goal is to live in discomfort. And it may, that may sound so counterintuitive. David, why in the world would I want to live in a state of constant discomfort? Because that's where growth lives. Why do I want to live in discomfort? That's where the seeds of greatness live. That's where the seeds of legendary live. I want to live there. I don't want to have a comfortable life. People will ask me, after I sold my first couple companies, they said, why do you even work? Brian Benstock has brought up many times, David doesn't need to work. Why does he work? And he'll say, but the dude is the hardest working guy I've ever seen. He works today like he's starving to death. And I do. I work today like I'm starving. I don't know any other way. But I love what I do. And to be honest with you, you know, retirement sounds terrible uh, to me. Because retirement just sounds like I'm going to just, what am I going to sit around and fish and read books and golf? That's just not who I am. I want to live in discomfort. I will get to a point where I will I will not do as much as I'm doing now. Um, but even then, I will want to live in some state of discomfort because I want to never stop learning. I want to never stop growing. And so that's something that any one of us can take ownership of. It doesn't matter where you are today. It doesn't matter what you're experiencing today. But one decision you can make today is I choose to live in discomfort. Because the moment you do that, you are availing yourself to greatness. You're availing yourself to unlocking, having the key to the door that will let you open that door, go down a path towards legendary. A legendary life is a noteworthy life. It's a memorable life. Legends are unforgettable. Who amongst us wants to leave this earth and be forgettable. Look at it that way. Legend or forgettable? I don't want to be forgettable. I want to be legendary. I don't want to be legendary because of ego. I don't want to be legendary because I'm seeking fame. I don't want to be legendary because I'm seeking a fortune. I want to be legendary because of the impact that I had on somebody, even starting with my own family, my own kids. We should all be legends in our households. Think about that. We should all be legends for our children. We should be legends in our community. What does that mean? It means that that we've all known somebody within our community who left this earth and who was so dear and so impactful to so many. I've been to funerals, and I'm sure you have too, where you could not get into the church it's spilled out into the vestibule. It's spilled out and they had speakers or TVs 
And this is for somebody that nobody outside of that community has ever heard of. But inside of that community, they are pure legend. They're unforgettable. So let me talk about or share with you a couple other things. I mentioned that legends are humble. They act with humility. They act with kindness. They like to lift other people up. They're happy putting a spotlight on somebody else. When you see somebody who is arrogant and brash, and maybe they're a rock, maybe they're a music star, maybe an entertainment star, maybe they're a sports star, and they have that brashness, that arrogance, they're not a legend, man. And they'll never be a legend. They're a legend in their own mind. That's why they're acting that way. But they're not truly a legend. That's a different level. You can't get there without humility and kindness. They have unwavering belief in themselves. They have, an auda- they have an audaciousness about them. When you look at the life of Oprah Winfrey, there is 20 times or more in that woman's life that she had to have such unwavering belief in herself. She had to act with such audacity. She had to drop for sitting here going, ah, start the DSN, the David Spizak Network. We need another station on cable TV. But Oprah did, and she won. You know, time and time and time again, she's done that. Elon Musk has bet on himself and backed himself with all of his money time and time and time again. You know, when you look at people like a Michael Jordan or a Magic Johnson, Magic Johnson, one of the things about legends is they make other people better. They lift people up. That's what Magic Johnson did. That's who he was on a basketball court. It's who he is after basketball. And he will never be forgotten, ever. Kobe will never be forgotten. He lived a legendary life, and he left this world as a legend forever to be that way, forever to be seen that way. So there's a few other things I wanted to share with you. They tend to go their own way. They have a boldness about them because of that belief. They're not happy doing what everybody else is doing. If everybody's going left, they'll go, I'm going to go right. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to see what's over there. There, You know, there's a, a, a great saying, and I might botch it up by Martin Luther King because it's been a long time, but leaders go, leaders take the first step on a staircase where they can't see where it ends. And that's what these legends do. Sometimes, At some point in their life, they were even viewed as underdogs. And they faced a great obstacle. They faced a great adversity. And by virtue of not backing down, here's something else you could do today. Don't back down. Think about this. When we back down from obstacles or adversity, what is the result of that? Well, we're one step closer to comfort. It's not a good comfort, but we are. We're moving our way, ourselves away from discomfort. That sounds good, 
but it's not. We're moving towards settling. We're moving towards giving up. The one thing that you could find, another thing about legends, is they don't settle, they don't quit, they don't stop, they never stop. Whether they win or they lose, they don't stop. They have that persistence, that tenacity, that relentlessness about them that makes their success, uh, ultimately, it makes their success predictable. Because they may have fallen down, they may have fallen short, but by virtue of this characteristic, they will not ultimately lose. They won't. And there's not a single person here amongst us who has to lose, not one of us, provided we don't back down. Something else I learned when I look at legends is, is that they choose excellence over perfection. You hear the expression a lot today, progress over perfection. I would say that's a very good statement and it's a very good start towards living a legendary life. But the next step beyond that is excellence over perfection. When you approach things with the desire, intention, purpose of, of exhibiting and achieving excellence in everything you do. I want you to think about that today. Think about what you did yesterday. Did you achieve excellence in everything you did? In how you encountered or interacted with your kids? In how you encountered or interacted with your colleagues, with your friends? In the way that you handled things around the house? In the way that you prepared for your day? Did you exhibit and achieve excellence all day long? Now that's not easy, but imagine what anybody's life would look like when that's your mindset every single day. Pursue excellence every single day. Pursue it like today is your last day. You know, it's funny interesting, maybe a little bit analogous. There's two schools of thoughts when it comes to employee um, uh, assessments. You know, a lot of big companies uh, assess their employees once a year. It's a, it's a ritual they go through. Most of the people involved, the managers hate doing it. The employees hate having it done. Um, but it's, it's part of life. In, especially corporate America, even mid-sized companies. And I read an article years ago in the Harvard Business Review, um, which is uh, a magazine I don't read very often, but I do look up articles from time to time uh, because, um, like, I don't know, it's not an exciting magazine uh, in any respect. But sometimes they have articles that are just the right article at just the right time. And I happened to be in a situation where I was deciding whether to do these employee reviews or not. And I happened to come across this article that had significant research. And one of the things that they learned is when people have, when they conduct employee reviews, that the vast majority of their assessment is based 
on what happened in the last two to four weeks with that employee. Think about that. This is a one-year review, but at the end of the day, the, the score you're giving me is based on what I've done in the last two weeks. Well, what if I had a rough last two weeks? What if I had just an average last two weeks, but I was fantastic 10 of the other 12 months, uh, 10 of the other months? So in this Harvard Business Review article, they were, they were anti-employee review, and that's what I came away with. I'm like, man, that's not very good. Well, I want you to think about that. When you think about your day today, go live a legendary life. You don't have to become a legendary person after you leave this earth. You hear oftentimes, you know, about the story of artists whose, whose works become valuable after they die. What a shame, right? Be that person. Be that legend today. You can act like a legend, live like a legend today by living in discomfort, by pursuing excellence in everything you do today. What if today is my last day? How do I want my last day, my last week, my last two weeks, my last month to look like? And to Ramon's point earlier, you know, I could have had some falls in the course of my life, I could have come up short hundreds of times. I could have failed countless times. But if I've lived an extraordinary life, a noteworthy life, an unforgettable life, you know, in the last days of my life, that's probably how people are going to remember me. I hope so. I've oftentimes said I don't have any pursuit or intentions of selling out an arena, but I would love to sell out my funeral. I would love to be one of those people where it's on overflow, be only because it would be a statement to my children that any one of us um, can have the power to impact many, any one of us. So on top of that, a few other things. They have the capacity to let go. This is something you don't think of oftentimes when it comes to legends. But if they didn't have the power, the ability, you know, take a Jerry Rice, who I had the pleasure of watching up close and personal for years. And, you know, that guy came into the league. And if you can imagine, this is a guy who's not only rated as the number one receiver in the history of the NFL. He was rated a few years ago when they came up with the top 100 players of all time. He landed at number one. Number one of all time. The guy couldn't catch a ball to save his life in his first year, in his rookie year. If you go back and look, the guy dropped more passes than he caught. He just had all kinds of problems. But he worked on it, and he worked on it, and he worked on it. And he was relentless, man. If you saw this guy's workout regimen, if you saw what he did in the offseason, where most athletes, you know, they finish a basketball, hockey, baseball season, a lot of these guys, you'll see they come into training camp overweight or out of shape. Not Jerry Rice. If you saw Jerry today, 
I don't even know how many years removed he is, 10, 15 years removed from playing. The guy could play today. He's in that kind of shape. You know, uh, it, it's just extraordinary. He has that mindset. But one of the things that he had to do is he had to learn to let go of bad games. He had to learn to let go of when he dropped the, uh, a ball that cost his team the game. He had to learn. All legends learn to let go. They understand the power and the importance of letting go. And Barb said something earlier. Glenn said something earlier. It's in the lesson. And so, again, think about this. If you can't, all of these things are interconnected. It's so interesting. Maybe at some point I'll, I'll be able to take all of this and just make a little bit of a map for you so that you could see from an illustrative, from a visual perspective, how these things are connected. So how can I let go if I'm not humble? I can't. If I have any form of arrogance in me, then I will never be able to let go. You'll hear the term prideful. Well, prideful is, is a flavor of arrogance. You know, pride is good. Having pride in what you do is good. Having pride in who you are is good. Having pride in what you stand for, good. Being too prideful, it's a very polite way of saying, wow, arrogant. Too much. You went too far. So having humility is a gateway to learning. Having the learning in your life is a gateway to being able to always allow you to let go. And that's stuff of legends. It's important. They also have this incent, this in, incredible need to compete. Whether they're in athletics or not is immaterial, but they're highly, highly competitive. They are driven. They are ambitious. There's no legend that any of us could think of that dreamt small. Barb was talking about at one point she made a decision. I will never play small again, ever. Okay, well, that's stuff of legends, Barb Majeski. You just opened another door. I want you to imagine forever that what I'm sharing with you are a series of doors down a very long hallway. And at the first door that you're standing in front of is the first door towards a legendary life. And each one of these things that I'm sharing with you, there's a key to open up the next door and the next door. And when you get to that last door, you're walking through that last door, you're walking through as a legend. Like somebody who, who devotes themselves to martial arts gets to a point where they, they very proudly and with humility get that black belt strapped onto them, wrapped around their waist with incredible pride, but with equal humility, they do that. And if you think about that, having humility, unwavering belief in yourself. And by the way, part of an unwavering belief in yourself is when somebody says something to you, you have a choice. 
if somebody says, Ramon, you're the Ramon, you're never going to make it. Ramon, you're never going to grow a company past this. Ramon, what are you thinking of? You get to choose to sanction that remark or not sanction that remark. If you sanction their remark, they and that remark is bigger than you are. More importantly, it's bigger than the belief you have in yourself. And that's something that you have to solve. That's not their problem. It's your problem to solve. So I want you to remember that. I want you to have that unwavering belief in yourself and not sanction a single negative comment that you'll hear the rest of your life. I don't care about, hey, I remember, you know, I smoked for a little while when I was in the Navy. Everybody else was smoking. I started smoking. And then I quit. And you know what the funny thing I learned? You know, I had no money back then. I was making 700 bucks a, a month in the military. And, you know, back then, at some point, everybody was bumming cigarettes from somebody. And you try to bum a cigarette from somebody and it'd be hard. You know what the easiest way to bum a cigarette? Tell everybody you're quitting. Everybody offers you a cigarette. You ever notice that when you share big dreams with people, it's, it's, it's such a revelation because you'll find out instantly. I want you to start sharing your biggest dreams with everybody. If you're bold, I want you to do that because you're about to find out really who's with you and who's against you. When you share big, giant, audacious, bold dreams with people, and they say, Ramon, you're straight up crazy. You've never done that in your life. What makes you think you could do that? All right, guess what? You're not going to be in my five. You're not going to be one of the five people I hang out with the most. I will not discard you. I will not discount you. I will, I will not disown you in a relationship. But I'm going to put you a little further out in the periphery. Because there's, there's still going to be things I'm sure that I like and love about you. And so I may not let you go. Hope not. But you can't be in my inner circle, man. Because your inner circle, like Jim Rohn said, you are the average of those five people. They shape you. They form you. They support you. you know, ultimately, they will guide you in your principles, in your beliefs, in your convictions. So you've got to act with wisdom there. You've got to choose wisely. So I also mentioned excellence over perfection. I mentioned perseverance, tenacity, or having a relentless nature. I mentioned having an ambition, a drive that comes from within, this need to compete. Everybody used to tell me they wanted to hire winners. I always said, not me. Not me. No, thank you. The reason I always said that is I discovered at some point in my life, everybody says they want to win. But not everybody wins. You notice that? So if everybody says, I'm a winner, I want to be a winner, but only 5% or 10% do. If you go out and say, I'm going to just hire a winner, that means you're going to hire anybody. I don't want to hire a winner. I want to hire somebody who hates to lose. 
I want to I want to hire somebody who is who competes with themselves. Think about that. When you when you when you see people that their main competition are other people, that's their benchmark. It's not terrible. I don't want that person. I want the person who's committed to being better than the person they were yesterday. Think about that. You ever notice, by the way, how much a baby grows in the first year of their life, two years of their life? Anybody that we know that has a baby, if we don't see him for six months, like, oh, my God, they've grown so much. The growth that a human takes on, you know, uh, that you'll see in the first three, four, five years of their life. If they continued with that trajectory for the next five years, you couldn't fit in the house. I mean, it's an extraordinary level of growth. It's the same thing. When you compete with other people, there will come a time that like that baby, things will level out. Things will slow down. The level of competition will diminish. All of a sudden, your mindset will shift and you'll start to settle into a groove. A groove becomes a rut and a rut becomes a problem. You don't want that. You want to be that baby that never stops that growth trajectory. When you hire people, when you are that person who competes with who you were yesterday and who has this intense desire and commitment to simply be better than you were yesterday, you're on the path to a legendary life. And here's something else I noticed. With legends. For most of us, we learn that if we're going to run a race, there's a starting line and there's a finish line. When we start a project, there's a starting point and there's a finishing point. That's how most of us operate. That's how most of us learn. But legends figured something out. They figured out that the finish line is the next starting line. Think about that. I want you to remember that today. Put that out there in the world today. Post that somewhere today. Make your finish line your next starting line. Think about the growth. Think about how much further we would all be if we made every finish line our next starting line. It's an incredibly powerful concept that can drive you so much further than where you otherwise would naturally get to. They always think in terms of what's next. You know, my favorite basketball team is the Golden State Warriors. And they were the San Francisco Warriors when I was growing up in the 60s. And they became the Golden State Warriors when they moved to Oakland. And for years, I had season tickets. 13 years in a row, we didn't make the playoffs. 13 years in a row, we couldn't even win 30 games. <clears throat> it was terrible. But I love Oakland. Because we had the sixth highest attendance, always in the top six attendance, every year, win or lose. That's a fan. 
right? I don't like the fans that just jump on board. I used to live, I had a condo right across from where the Giants lived, uh, where the Giants played baseball. And I remember listening to every game on the radio, even when they lost 100 games a year. Win or lose, that was my team, man. I'm not a fair weather guy. I'm loyal. And I remember when they won their, their World Series, their first one in 2010, Man, there's a quarter million people in my neighborhood. None of those, half of those people weren't even fans the year before they won the World Series. That's not me. I've been a fan forever. I look at somebody like Steph Curry, who's living a legendary life. We're watching it literally. We're watching a man live a legendary life right now. He will, he's already a legend, not just because he's become the greatest three-point shooter of all time, the greatest free throw shooter of all time, the greatest shooter of all time. He's won an MVP twice. He just won an NBA Finals. Think, think about this year for Steph Curry. He's voted to the All-Star Game a year after being uh, injured and missing most of the year. Um, an injury to his hand, by the way. He makes it to the All-Star Game. He ends up being the All-Star Game MVP, more than 50 points. Then he's the Western Conference Finals MVP. Then he's the NBA Finals MVP. And then he gets chosen to host the ESPY Awards. And then he's chosen as the player of the year of any sport. Wow, that's not a bad year. But this, this dude is a legend off the court. He's a legend for what he does in his family. He's a legend for the kind of husband, the kind of father he is. He's a legend because what he does consistently in his community. The guy's a legend. And he's always thinking of what's next. I'm not a LeBron James fan on the court. I think the guy's a 280-pound whiner myself. But, but the guy is an extraordinary person off the court. And I have a lot of admiration for him. What he's done in his community back in Ohio is legendary. How he's impacted kids in marginalized communities, legendary. How he's created belief in people that otherwise wouldn't believe in themselves is legendary. Now here's the thing I want to have as a takeaway, I hope. Not one of the things that I've shared, if you think about it, the outcome of these people is legendary. It's beyond successful, way beyond successful. But not one of these characteristics or approaches is outside the realm of possibility for us. Every one of these things that I've mentioned are possible. You could put them into play today. You could leverage them every single day. If you start really committing to having a completely intentional and purposeful existence, you could make these part of your belief system, part of your daily regimen, part of how you see yourself, part of how you handle adversity or things that some people may call, as Ramon said, a fatal error. Failure, struggle, and adversity is our ticket to potential greatness. Within every single situation that we face, we have the opportunity to choose 
wisely to choose greatness, to choose legendary within literally every decision that we will make. So as I said, a legendary life, simply put, is a noteworthy life. And everybody here deserves that. Everybody here has the potential, but it's up to you to go get it. I'm David Spizak, and I really, really thank you for taking the time to join us and taking the time to join me today. Thanks so much. Hey, hey David, this is Ramon. Can I say 10 seconds? May I share one more thing yes, with you? Yes, of course, of course, of I, course. And I then wanted... we're going to jump, wait, before you do, and then we're going to jump to the social media room. Uh, media mastermind go ahead ramon thank Ooh. you for joining by the way yeah david i just want to amplify you david i know you didn't ask for it but why you're a legend to many of us and to me david a not just for the rooms you host which hundreds of people join every two weeks not just that not just for what you share in this clubhouse room that i've learned from a friend of mine right here's next to me we're doing some stuff in our church basement and he's amening as you're talking he doesn't know you david so not just because <laughs> of that but i'll never forget how you transformed the life of my niece dave young girl and you know who i'm talking about she had some issues you don't know her personally but i said you need to go to david spizak's room the words you said have helped uh push her to another level so i just want to say david that's why you're a legend to me and hopefully you will be at my funeral absolutely thank you i will show up i promise i uh i hope it's uh 50 years or 80 years from now but uh if i'm here i will show up and if i'm not here I will show up. Um, thank you, Ramon. I appreciate you very, very much. Thank you. Um, so everybody, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you found this valuable. If you've heard something that moved you, resonated with you, please share it out in the world um, so that other people could hear that as well. Um, I will be starting up my uh, my next version, my new iteration of my coaching calls, not this Friday, but the Friday after it'll be the week of the 8th. And so I'll put some information out there sometime during the course of later this week. I have a new podcast with the one and only Brian Benstock. I promise that you'll hear a Brian Benstock you haven't heard uh, before. I think you'll find it very interesting. I would love for you to check out that podcast and many others. And I will invite you right now to jump over into a room with our good friends, Emily, Carmelia, Bobby, Gina, and some insanely smart people who have taught this knucklehead a lot of really cool things that allowed me to take my IG in a year from 2,000 to 18,000, my LinkedIn from 4,000 to nearly 15,000. I mean, this stuff flat works. And it's not just the follower count. It's not that, guys. It's the real world. It's the fact that it's driven business. It's driven relationships. It's improved my network. It's, it's pretty extraordinary. So let's all jump in to how to leverage social media to build a bankable brand. Thank you Absolutely. all. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.